Kelly Griffin. Thanks for joining me for Across the Aisle, a podcast by the National Conference of State Legislatures with stories of bipartisanship. When George Floyd was killed by a police officer who kept a knee on his neck until he suffocated, the death prompted massive protests in the U.S. and around the world. In many communities, some protesters were so angry they tore up buildings, looted businesses, and pulled down Confederate statues. It was no different in Alabama. Here's what it sounded like one night from video shared by the news site AL.com. But the response of some lawmakers was different. A few lawmakers there quietly took extraordinary steps to talk across both the political and racial divides. A handful of white Republicans asked their black Democratic colleagues to talk with them. No specific agenda, just the hope that they could learn something about the racial strife roiling their communities and maybe find some solutions together. They met in a historic black church in Montgomery. They all agreed, no press allowed, no tweeting, no Facebook. They all wanted a place where they could be very honest with each other. And they were. Representative Barbara Drummond, a black Democrat, echoed what others said about that gathering. It was extremely raw. And when I say raw, it was filled with a a, a lot of emotion. In this episode of Across the Aisle, we're going to learn how this difficult first meeting led to specific legislation to improve education, support minority-owned businesses, expand internet access, and even to rewrite the Constitution to delete racist language after years of trying. Representative Danny Garrett is a Republican whose district includes his hometown of Birmingham. His parents were conservatives, but they were sympathetic to the goals of the civil rights movement. His father was the first officer at a national trucking firm in charge of equal opportunity hiring, and took heat for ensuring blacks got a fair shot at jobs. I grew up in the 60s, and the uh, civil rights movement was near and dear to my heart and experienced a lot of that as a child. And so I was always very sensitive to some of the issues that uh, in in Alabama's past and wanted to do what I could when I got to legislature to try to, you know, rectify some of those issues. As racial issues were boiling over again in Birmingham after Floyd's death, Garrett spoke with some of his Republican colleagues about it. We, we were perplexed somewhat by some of the reaction and some of the emotion and, you know, what are we missing? What's what's going on? And, and I'm a person of faith, several other members were as well, and we were trying to look at it from, from that perspective as well. You know, what are what do we need to do? He and fellow Republican Tracy Estes decided to approach a few of the small number of Democrats in the statehouse who were black to see if they would agree to talk with a group of Republicans. If you look back on the news reports and conversations on social media at that time, there wasn't a great deal of support in the Black community for explaining all of this to whites. Black people described feeling frustrated to still be explaining their experiences with racism. But Alabama Representative Barbara Drummond, Democrat, says when a Republican called her on a Sunday afternoon with an invitation to meet, It was so unexpected that she said yes. And she, too, wanted to be involved in finding a path forward. That doesn't mean she was convinced it was going to work. I got a call from Representative Tracy Estes, which is a Republican, and he called and he says, 
we're going to meet in this church and we're just going to talk about the incident of George Floyd and how we can work together. And I'll be very honest with you, I didn't hold a whole lot of hope for it. They gathered on a Saturday in June at the First Baptist Church in downtown Montgomery. This is a church built just after the Civil War by freed slaves. They were ready to leave the white First Baptist Church where they still had to sit in the balcony. There were seven Republicans and seven Democrats. Danny Garrett opened the meeting. Basically, the way I started the meeting was to say that whatever is going to happen here, I don't, I don't know, because this is a very height of the racial tension in the country. And I said, well, I don't know what's going to happen here, but I want the black members here to understand that the white members are here today because we care. So whatever is said, whatever comes out, we care. Barbara Drummond says she was surprised how the setting that day in the wake of Floyd's murder took her back to a Ku Klux Klan lynching in 1981. She shared the story with the group. And for me, it conjured up a whole lot of pain from the past because I represent Mobile in the legislature. And Mobile is actually the site of one of the last hangings in America. And and it was with Michael Donnell in it. And during those days, I was a reporter. I was very young, and I was sent to cover that story because of, of my race because at that time they were very fearful that there would perhaps be a lot of repercussions and they did not want white reporters going into those neighborhoods. Drummond, brand new to her reporting job, went to the gruesome scene. She knew the 19-year-old who was lynched by two Klan members, and she knew his family. She was sent to interview his mother, Beulah Mae Donald. She was not very well educated, but she was the most courageous woman I have ever, and religious woman of faith that I have ever met in my life. I mean, here she was exposed to something. Her her, her son was just hung, and she had enough courage to say, I can't just sit here and mourn his death. I've got to make it mean something. Beulah Mae Donald did make it mean something with a landmark case against the Klan. It resulted in a $7 million judgment against the Klan, and the organization was required to give its headquarters to Donald. That spelled the end of that branch of the Klan, which had committed some of the most violent acts of the civil rights era in Alabama. What they sent me in was uh, an assignment of danger, but it turned out to also be a, a real opportunity for me. And as a young person, and every day that I live, After that, I I understood the magnitude of what I had just witnessed. Drummond's deeply personal encounter with horrific racism set the tone, and more stories of trauma and hardship poured out. Several told how they or their constituents had been denied the American dreams of home ownership or starting a business because of their race. Representative Anthony Daniels is the House Minority Leader. He described how his grandparents— who were sharecroppers into the 1970s, couldn't get a bank loan to build a home, despite having enough income to qualify. He says another lawmaker in attendance, Kelvin Lawrence, told of how he was denied funding by several banks to start a business. Finally, a white business owner who knew Lawrence well vouched for him at a bank. He basically said to the bank, this gentleman has a better profile than I have, and if you're not going to help this gentleman, uh, with his issue, uh, giving him access to capital and opportunities to start his own business like he's given me, 
then I'm taking all of my money and moving to another bank. Lawrence went on to open several subway shops, but Daniels noted it could have been a different story if he hadn't had a white person to vouch for him. Daniels told the Republicans there are countless examples of these economic disparities and lack of opportunities for blacks. He and others also talked about the gaps in education that create barriers to success in the black community. This wasn't the direction the Republican lawmakers thought it would go. Garrett says he thought they'd hear about Black Lives Matter, defunding the police, and maybe even a defense of the protests that turned destructive. Representative Rex Reynolds thought he'd be a target. Well, I'll be very candid with you. Based on, on my, my some 25 or 30 years in law enforcement, uh, Amy Witt, one of the other representatives from our area, wrote down some of them with me and we kind of, we kind of made, made light of it saying, well, you know, Rex, you're going to have a tough time with your background. You, they're really going to be focused on law enforcement. And he's a banker. And when we got down there, you know, while, while it's a, there was concerns about, you know, relationships within our communities between our law enforcement, you know, and, and the residents there, that so many more factors came out, uh, and, and to include banking. And so it's an interesting twist uh, that while communities respond to an incident that occurs, but really there's so much more there that got into the tipping point. And, and then that's, that's what we heard about, you know, just socioeconomic factors, jobs, housing, you know, banking, loans. The meeting went on for more than two hours. It was uncomfortable at times because there were plenty of misunderstandings to sort out. By the end, the group agreed to keep working to address disparities they had explored in the meeting, particularly with education and access to capital. They planned to meet again to do the work, and again, they agreed it would be kept private. They definitely had strong opinions about that. Here's Danny Garrett and Barbara Drummond. We want to keep it off the radar, keep it out of the media, and let's just continue talking. Because we didn't want anybody to be in front of a camera or to perform for the camera, or to perform for their respective parties. We wanted everybody to be honest, and we wanted them to have the freedom to say what they needed to say. They met every two weeks over the course of a year, bringing in a few others for their expertise on budgets, education, economic development. As the meetings went on, they developed legislation, including measures to boost funding for teachers in high-need areas and support early childhood education, and to create a $25 million fund to invest in minority businesses. These measures passed in the 2021 session. As part of all this, they also grappled with the racist language in the state constitution. It still had language allowing slavery, after all. The legislature agreed overwhelmingly to revise the document and put it to citizens for a vote. And in November, voters approved the new constitution with 75% in favor. Of course, these quote-unquote secret meetings had to come out in the open once the lawmakers proposed legislation. And people were surprised when the legislators came out working together like no one had ever seen, especially in a state where Democrats have very little sway. No surprise, there's more to be done on these complex issues the group set out to address. But it's so different now. For one thing, legislators who weren't in the initial meeting want to get involved. And while there's still plenty for the two sides to disagree about, 
they've found a lot of common ground to address racial disparities and continue to develop legislation. For Danny Garrett, the meetings made clear to him the moral imperative to finally address the systemic racism in Alabama, and he's proud of how much legislation has passed in the wake of the meetings. From a general standpoint of trying to, as a Christian, live, live out what I believe, you know, as, as, as just trying to be a person who wanted to be, do the right thing and treat people fairly, and also resolve some of these problems that we had just never addressed. Um, we've, we've continued to make progress in our, in our relationships across the aisle and in bring, bringing about some really good bipartisan legislation. People involved in that first meeting in the church say they're grateful to have been part of such a difficult conversation at a crucial time. Representative Barbara Drummond. Then I began to see that we can work across the aisle because we all had an innate desire to see those that we serve progress in the state of Alabama, regardless of what part of the state that we came from. And and that collaboration of all of us that were in that room that day, it really showed that we are all truly our brother's keeper. That's our story for this episode of Across the Aisle. If you know of a good example of bipartisan work in your state, please share it. You can email us at ata at ncsl.org. Thank you for listening. I'm Kelly Griffin. You can check out all of the podcasts from the National Conference of State Legislatures by searching for NCSL Podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. Tim Story, NCSL's CEO, hosts Legislatures, the Inside Story, where he focuses on leadership and legislatures. The Our American States podcast dives into some of the most challenging public policy issues facing legislators today. Also check out our special series, Building Democracy, on the colorful history of legislatures.